0: The Lord be with you. <clears throat> A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. To you, and Jesus said to his disciples, Do you think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have come not to abolish but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. Whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, Whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And Whoever says to his brother, Raka, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar, Go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard. You will be thrown into prison. And then I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, Causes her to commit adultery. Whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, Do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you owe. But I say to you, Do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne nor by the earth where it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the living God. Do not swear by your head, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. St. John of the Cross had a four-line verse that he called the Compendium of Perfection. It may sound very strange to us, but it was the road to perfection in four lines. It was forgetfulness of things created, remembrance of the Creator, attendance to that which is within, and continual love of the beloved. At best it sounds mysterious, at worst it sounds like a rather unpleasant way to go through life, denying the reality of the world in which you live. That's not what he's saying at all. His way to perfection, and you see this with virtually all the great mystics, was the way of abnegation, What they called spoliation. Or really, you might just say, total emptying. What he would say to his disciples, to the Carmelites, was do not choose that which is easy, choose that which is the most difficult. Do not choose that which is the most pleasant, choose that which is the most unpleasant. And in so doing, he emptied himself to such an extent that he was open to mystical union with God and then could appreciate all the other things that you and I only appreciate on a rather superficial level because God was the center of all of his experience and all of his, actually, spiritual movement. Our Lord is telling us that in today's gospel. Or he's putting it in a way that his own people can understand. It sounds strange to us. But remember, he's speaking to Jews. He's speaking in particular about uh, the perfection of the gospel. He's going to use hyperbole, exaggeration. The Jews understood that. You and I don't. When our Lord speaks that way, people often completely misunderstand the scriptures by thinking he's telling us something he's not telling us. In any event, he tells them he has not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it to raise it to a new degree of perfection, to an ultimate perfection that will lead to union with God. It is no longer simply a way of life, a matter of do this and don't do that. It is something that will t- to totally transform us as to empty us completely to prepare us for the love of God. He says, and then I say to you, heaven and earth will pass away, but not the smallest letter or smallest part of the letter will pass from the law. And then goes on to speak of certain specifics. But says before that, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What was their righteousness? Simply uh, physical obedience to the law of Moses. The goal had been lost. The perfection was no longer there. It was simply a matter of doing what needed to be done. Taking the next step, jumping through the next hoop. But God was no longer the goal. He then begins by speaking of "thou shalt not kill" and so on. Our Lord is not saying here that we don't have a right to defend ourselves against an unjust aggressor or defend somebody else. He is telling us that we must go the extra mile. We must go beyond justice into charity. And he speaks of this very specifically about the nature of anger and how we manage anger, and the degree of contempt in which we hold other people. Again, something that we have difficulty understanding sometimes um, because we tend to judge people in relationship to ourselves as we would like to think we are. And he goes on then from there to speak about chastity and adultery and so on. He's raising the law to a new height. You and I are called to something beyond the natural, beyond simply the rational. And as I said, beyond that which is simply just. We are called to something that is perfect by way of heroic love of God. And it it says, but I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In other words, someone who has already chosen this, whether it's carried out or not, but chosen it. He's not simply speaking of the mind or things that come into the mind briefly and go out of it. He's speaking about an actual choice, has already committed the action. And then speaks about your right eye, throw it away, your right hand, cut it off. Our Lord is not telling us to to mutilate our bodies. He is simply telling us that everything must be in order and that we must be able to deny the senses. That's how St. John of the Cross began. He began by denying his senses. Now, to some extent, we can't do that all the time because... Neither could he. We live in a sensual world. Remember, all knowledge comes through the senses for human beings. Angels have infused knowledge because they don't have bodies. You and I do. We have senses. and All knowledge comes through the senses. And our Lord then is telling us that we have to really guard those senses and to deny those senses in such a way that we are able then for the spirit to actually control. But but St. John of the Cross did something more. He not only denied the senses, he denied his spiritual desires sometimes too to to move on to something higher and something greater. Uh, then refers to divorce. Again, raises marriage to a new level just that fast. He raises marriage to an entirely new level and even to the level of a sacrament. And then speaks about oaths. Uh, he is not telling us that we cannot take an oath in court. He is telling us that we may not casually take an oath about anything. And we sh- people should be able to except yes when it means yes and no when it means no. A court will ask for a different kind of allegiance because of the nature of the, and the structure of, 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 of civil law and even canon law. So then we are called to something that we perhaps would have liked to be called, we would rather be called to less. And we will say, well, you know, I've come this far. Well, I'm doing pretty well. As soon as we say that, stop and regret it. Uh, I'm doing pretty well by my own standards. Oh? If we were then to say to the Lord, give us a perfect example of all these things you've just been speaking of. The perfection of the law, the perfection of charity, the perfection of love. Give us that. He will. He will give us the cross, naturally. The cross is the example of that. To go to the perfection of love. That is the perfection of love. For, those, for, for people who were the cause of him doing it. You and I are the ones who are the cause. The perfection of love lies in that, and you and I must take that into our own lives if we really wish to be for happiness and if we really wish for true true union with God. Now, of course, naturally, if that cross is that, the Eucharist will be the means by which we do it because the Eucharist is that perfection. Uh, It's no small thing to take perfection into ourselves, divine and human perfection, by the way. Do we ever think of that? Whenever we receive the Eucharist, or just in the presence of the Eucharist, we're in the presence of, and if, a if we are able to, we are receiving infinite perfection, divine and human, into ourselves to transform us into that perfection. Somewhat frightening again, isn't it, when you, when you really think about it? Uh, we, we would like to take the gifts of God and smile and say thank you very much and go on with our lives, and God says, no, you can't do that. You cannot do that. Your life must be totally transformed because you have asked to receive me and have dared to receive me. So that's one of the beautiful beginnings of the Our Father. You know, taught by our Savior's command and formed by the word of God, we dare to say, dare to call God Our Father. We dare to receive perfection, but we dare not receive it without intending to mold ourselves into that perfection as well. So I will end with that one thought again of St. Saint, uh, Saint John of the Cross. If you ever have a chance to read his poetry, the trouble with mystics is they're describing something you can't describe in, in any language. They're telling us about something we can't possibly understand unless we've been through it ourselves. They're giving us a description of something that is infinitely beyond the mind to ordinarily grasp. So, as a well, rule, when we read them, we, we, we think, what is this person talking about? Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. You have to read them very slowly, and even then it won't, unless we are willing to enter into their experience. Uh, So, we will go on now to enter in to the perfection of God. And then we will allow God to do what God does. Forgetfulness of things created. Remembrance of the Creator. Attendance to that which is within. And, of course, the last one. And continual love of the beloved. Let us pray, oh, Almighty Father, we come before you rejoicing in the love of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, for her members will always strive for the perfection of the gospel through grace, especially the church suffering. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For all nations of the world, especially our own, they will hear the call of God and answer it we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know that they are united to the Lord in a unique way. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected truth, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, especially at the beginning and at the end, we pray to the Lord. for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will strive in perfection to follow the Lord in a unique way and call others to it, for a greater reverence for the call to perfection in marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. To the Lord hear our for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the, uh, uh, the perfection of the Lord, presence of his eucharistic perfection they may then be visible signs of that perfection to their world we pray to the lord Lord, for the souls of all the faithful departed especially our relatives friends and benefactors for all who have died in the battlefield all victims of violence terrorism and natural disaster eternal rest grant unto them O lord may they rest in peace May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. The God, rest in peace. And for all of us here, that having looked upon and received divine and human perfection in Jesus Christ, we may then witness to that perfection, we pray to the Lord. Lord our we now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Lord as we sing.